0: Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. Uh, we're going to, once again, be looking at the power of the new creation. This is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, and verse 17. But before we begin, let's pray. Father, we bless you. We thank you today. Lord, reveal your word to us, and we'll give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things have become new. Amen. Now, couple this verse of Scripture with what Paul, uh, writing to the Roman church, said in chapter 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. So we see that in the gospel there's power, power, more than enough power, amen, to shake the kingdom of darkness. And that's exactly what happened to you and I. We were walking in darkness, but along came the preacher preaching the gospel, and there was power in the gospel to shake our world, hallelujah, the darkness that was in our world, and he shined the light of the glorious gospel so that we could be saved. So that power was transferred from the gospel Amen. Into our hearts through uh, the new creation. Now we're born again, children of God. We're part of the kingdom of God. We have the power of God operating on the inside of us. Amen. Praise God. And now Paul goes on and he says this in verse 18 of second Corinthians. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And we know that to be a fact because that, that day that we got born again, that day we got saved, we couldn't keep quiet. We had to tell everybody. We told mama, we told daddy, we told our friends, we told our boss, we told anybody, amen, that we knew what happened to us, that we got saved, we got born again. Well, see, what we were doing, we were testifying to the truth of what God had done in our life, amen, but we were also, we were testifying and preaching the gospel, uh, the ministry of reconciliation. We entered into the ministry of uh, of reconciliation the very moment uh, we got saved. And the the ministry of reconciliation is this, is that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Sinners today don't know that their their sins, their past sins have been paid for through the blood of Jesus. But the reason why they're still uh, sinners is because they haven't received the gospel. And so the Holy Spirit has not been uh, able to make what Jesus did for them real to them. Hallelujah. That's how you and I got saved. It was the working of the Holy Spirit, the power in the gospel, amen, that made uh, the sacrifice of Christ real to us. And we understood then that uh, this is something that we needed, that we couldn't save ourselves. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there is dynamic power working through the gospel in the new creation. And this power is more than enough to shake darkness amen praise God the very moment you stepped into Christ you became an adversary of the devil praise God you no longer amen his his work was destroyed in your life and in my life praise God hallelujah amen what what Satan had done in our life of all these many years was made inoperative hallelujah and so we did that through the power of the gospel praise God Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, a very familiar passage, verses 8 through 10, it says this, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them." Now, I want you to notice in this verse the four works that brought you and I to salvation. First of all, it was the grace of God. Grace, God's willingness to use his power on our behalf, even though we don't don't deserve it. His unmerited favor. Grace... Amen, was in the creation of this world. Grace was in uh, the creation of Adam and Eve. Grace has been in this world ever since creation. He possessed grace way before he created the worlds. But grace now is is made real to us uh, through the coming of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we see that in the world. So it's God's grace working and through us to bring us to salvation. But notice another work. For by grace are we saved, because that's the Greek word, sozo, amen, and right along with being saved, God included healing, He included deliverance, He included being made over, our minds being made over in a safe and a sound fashion. Praise God for that, hallelujah. By grace are you saved through faith. Notice the work of faith. You and I didn't have faith until the gospel was preached. There was enough power in the gospel to deposit faith on the inside of us so that we could have strength enough to reach up and to pray that prayer for Christ to come into our heart and life. And unless the Holy Spirit is involved in this process, amen, people... Uh, All they do is they receive Christ in their head, but they don't receive him in their heart. The Holy Spirit has to be involved. The power of God has to be involved to bring a man from death into new life. Now notice again, for by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. God gave to us the gift of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a gift Given, praise God. Not just to you, not just to me, but to every living being on the face of this planet. Christ is a gift that God has given uh, to humanity so that they might come out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God. Hallelujah. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. See, uh, Paul is talking about us now, not of works. There's nothing you and I can do to earn salvation. We know this. Amen. And religions, are always depending upon their good works uh, to make it to heaven. But they're bypassing the one gift, and that gift of Jesus. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship. Notice this, created in Christ Jesus. That's talking about the new creation. That's talking about being born again. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to do the works that He has ordained. Amen, praise God. To pray, that's a work of God. Holiness is a work of God. That's a work that we enter into. Communion is a work of God. We get involved in church. We get involved with church groups. We get involved with fellow believers. We form a communion. Hallelujah. A common union. We come together uh, to worship and to receive the word of God, to testify and to pray. And of course, the work of proclamation. All these works God God ordained us to do. He ordained us to pray. He ordained us to be holy, for He is holy. He has ordained us, amen, to share a common union with brothers and sisters uh, throughout our community and throughout the world. He has ordained us to proclaim the good news of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And how is all this accomplished? It's all accomplished through the power. Through the power of the gospel deposited in your heart and in my heart. So don't ever let the devil lie to you and say that you can't witness. You can't testify. You can't preach the gospel. You can't do this. You can't do that. Listen, all those are lies from the pit of hell. You can do it. Amen. You have the power. If you're saved, genuinely saved and born again, then you have the power latent within you, amen, to do all of these things. And the Holy Spirit will teach us, praise God. Now, John said this over in his first epistle. Notice he says, But you have an anointing. An anointing. What's that anointing? The the power of the new birth. That's exactly what John is talking about. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. All things pertaining to what? All things pertaining to the new birth. All things pertaining to the knowledge of God. Amen. The very moment you got born again, you and I got born again, the knowledge of God began to work on the inside of us. We began to see things we'd never seen before. We began to hear things we'd never heard before. We began to understand things we had never understood before. Hallelujah. Praise God. All things. Jesus said that of the comforter, the Holy Spirit. He would make all things known to you that I have said to you. Praise God. Amen. Now, John goes on and he says this. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. Now, before you were saved, you didn't know the truth. You thought the word of God was a truth, but you didn't know it was the whole truth. Not until after you and I got born again then we recognize that the Word of God is the truth. The words of Jesus are the truth. And so John says here, I have not written you because you do not know the truth, but because you know the truth, because you know it, and that no lies of the truth. Praise God. See, we have a discernment now between that which is of God and that which is of this world. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. We have power Amen. Through the new creation, through the deposit, amen, that God has placed in our heart. Amen. Life its called life, eternal life, abundant life. Plus, we have the habitation of God that lives on the inside of us. Amen. Now, how can we be defeated? How can we accept defeat? We can't. We can't. We can, I guess. We shouldn't. Because we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're all residing in our spirit. We are the temple of the living God. Amen. We don't have to bow our knee to the devil, and we certainly don't have to bow our knee to this world. We can live and rise above the circumstances of life. Praise God. Now, John goes on and he says this, Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist, Who denies the father and the son. Whoever denies the son does not have the father either. He who acknowledges the son has the father also. So here we are in verse 23. We acknowledge the son, that he is the savior, that he is our redeemer, And because we have acknowledged the Son and because we have received the Son, we have also acknowledged the Father and have received the Father because the Father and the Son are one. Jesus says, if you've seen me, he said this to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we reckon ourselves to have the Father living on the inside of us. Praise God. And then Paul says this in verse 24. And he says this several times, and this is very important for us to see. Therefore, let that abide in you. Notice that, abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. Now, the word abide means to remain. It means to continue. Amen. And so John is saying here that the word that you heard from the beginning, the word of Christ, the person of Christ that you heard in the very beginning, you continue to allow it to abide in you. Now, this is the real secret of victory. Amen. There's a lot of people in this world that have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, and that's it. That's as far as they've gone. They haven't gone any further. They have Maybe they have gone a little bit further and got water baptized, but then they settled down and they've done nothing with that which was deposited on the inside of them. Maybe they weren't taught in the church they went to that they could. Maybe they didn't follow the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to teach them how to pray. Maybe they didn't listen to the Holy Spirit about holiness. Or maybe they didn't obey that desire to get with God's people and to begin to worship in a common union, a place where God is worshiped and the Word is preached. Or maybe they were too afraid to proclaim what Christ had done in their heart and life. See, all these, if we refuse to allow the Holy Spirit to be that comforter, to be that one that instructs us and teaches us, we're not going to grow very far in the things of God. So John says this, Therefore let that abide in you, that which you have heard from the beginning. It was the gospel that you heard from the beginning. It was the gospel that we heard. Praise God. Sitting in the church pew or on the sidewalk or somewhere by a friend, maybe riding in a car, Somehow, somewhere the gospel got to us. Praise God. Amen. And go, let's, let's read this again. Therefore let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. and this is the promised, this is the promise that He has promised us eternal life. Let's read that again. Therefore, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides or remains in you, you will also abide and remain in the Son and in the Father. So John is saying here, the words that Jesus said If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That is basically what the Apostle John is writing in his epistle, the very words of Jesus. But notice verse 27, verse 25 through 27. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. These things I have written to you. Concerning those who try to deceive you. The devil all the time is trying to talk, try to talk us out of salvation, try to talk us out of eternal life. Amen. But what God did on the inside of us is much more powerful than what tried the devil's trying to do to us on the outside. But the anointing talking about the power of God, it's in the gospel, but the anointing which you have received from him abides. It remains in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide or remain in him. Now, listen to what Let's read again what John said. And you do not need that anyone teach you. What what is John talking about? He's talking about teaching you something that you already know. You and I, we have a witness that we're born again. Every person who is genuinely born again has got the witness. He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God has the witness in himself. There is a witness, there is an assurance that comes on the inside of us when we get born again, praise God. And so we don't need anybody to teach us what God has already done in our heart and mind. However, Jesus said this concerning the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, he is our personal teacher. He is our personal God. He's the one that guides and directs us into truth. He's the one that guides and directs us in the way that we should go. He teaches us. See, he's the one that teaches us prayer. He's the one that teaches us about holiness He's the one that teaches us about communion, and he's the one that teaches us about proclamation. I remember years ago after I got saved, I was probably born again now about two months, and I like to drink beer. That's something I carried over from the netherworld. I like to taste the beer at that time. This time, right now, I can't stand it. I, I stay away from it. But, uh, but back then, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed drinking beer. And I remember one time we went out with a couple, a dear friend of ours and her husband who wasn't saved, and I ordered a pitcher of beer along with our food. And when the couple got home, uh, the unsaved husband said to her, uh, his wife, I thought you said John was a Christian. Well, that word uh, got back to me, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I said, Lord Jesus, If drinking beer is sin, then I'll never drink another drop as long as I live. And I laid it down right then and never took it back up. See, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaching us, teaching us about holiness. The very moment you and I got born again, we were set apart for God. We were translated out of darkness into light. And then the Holy Spirit came in and then he began to work the work of sanctification on the inside of us. I do believe in whole sanctification. And I have read after people and I have heard testimonies of people who were whole sanctification. It was a, a special work that God did in their heart, hallelujah, before they received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But I have read after lots of people who claimed to be wholly sanctified, but were not? They went into sin. They they sinned against love. They backstabbed and they uh, hurt uh, people of God. They hurt leaders. So there is a work that God works on the inside of it, but it is a continuous work. It's not a work, a one time work, Amen. That we is something that we attain to and then we go on. No, sanctification is a continuous work. I was listening to a friend the other day, and, and he was talking about how that uh, he called a certain person in his church, and uh, he needed help. And that person said, well, yeah, sure, I'd be glad to. He says, well, I need you a certain uh, day. I need you a certain time. And uh, the guy never showed up. So my friend called him and said, hey, I told you, talk to you about this. You said you'd be here. And you know what the man said? He said, well, I don't know anything about it. You got to be kidding me. Well, see, that, that person just lied with his mouth. He just, his own heart was deceived. But now he's still saved. He's still filled with the Spirit. And he, if he were to die right then, he'd go to heaven. Well, what's what's the issue here? The issue is sanctification. See, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to sanctify our heart every day. Paul said, I die daily. You know, there's times where Paul woke up in the morning and said, you know, I'd really rather do this. I'd really rather do that. But no, he had one calling, and that was to be an apostle and to preach the gospel. And that's what he did. Soldiers, when they wake up in the morning, they don't want to go out on the battlefield. They don't want to go out marching. They don't want to go out on duty. But yet they do it. Why? Because they're called to do it. There's a there's a charge upon them, just like there's a charge upon us. We're charged with carrying the gospel to our family and to our friends and our neighbors, to our community and to our nation. Praise God. Well, how do we do that? Well, we do it with the anointing that abides. Notice again what John in writing to in his first epistle says, and now little children abide In other words, remain in him. That's an imperative. That's a command. Abide in him. That when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. That's our charge. Our charge is to remain in Christ. And while we remain in Christ, we are going to do the works that God has ordained us to do. And what are those works? What are some of them? Well, prayer. God expects us to pray. He commands us to pray. He commands us to be holy. Be ye holy for I'm holy. He commands us to share in a common union with other brothers and sisters in Christ. It may be a small communion, but it may be a larger communion. Wherever God has set you, wherever Jesus Christ has set you, that's God's charge to you. Amen. And of course, you know, he has Christ has charged us with the proclamation of the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, not everybody's going to go in the world, but we can certainly pray for and support those who do go into other parts of the world. And then we can carry the gospel ourselves. We can preach the truth and we can also be the truth. Amen. Praise God. Once again, verse 28, and now little children abide, that's an imperative, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. All right, so we occupy until he comes. Something else that we need to do while we're occupying, awaiting his return If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. So that's what we do. We practice righteousness every day. Now, over in John chapter 15, Jesus is speaking here. And he says this in verse one. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bring forth more fruit. Or he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. The power of the gospel that's residing on the inside of us is what causes fruit to bear. And what are the fruit? Well, the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, peace, meekness, temperance. Self-control, praise God. Amen. Love, joy, and peace. The three principles. Love, joy, and peace. Love works on the inside of us. Joy is resident on the inside of us. Amen. Somebody said the other day there doesn't seem to be a lot of joy in the church today. Well, there should be. And there actually there is, and it should be manifested. You know, Jesus said this. He says, if you receive the things of God, your joy shall be full. Receiving, amen, from him, and your joy shall be full. If we want joy in the church, then we're going to have to receive things, things that that we receive from him, praise God. It's like this. When a new baby is born into the family, Oh, there is great joy, great joy. When your baby is burning up with fever and you call your pastor or you call a friend and you say, I need you to pray, pray with me, amen. My child is burning up with fever and she needs to be healed. God, we need her to be healed. And you pray and God touches that baby and she's healed. There's great joy. Oh, there's great rejoicing. Praise God, hallelujah. Just a, a common example, you know, you're watching a baseball game, your favorite team, you know, it's uh, bottom of the ninth inning, you got a runner on second, and your favorite hitter comes up to bat, got two outs, three and two, three balls, two strikes against the batter, and the next pitch he hits a home run and wins the ball game. What do you do? Oh, boy, I tell you, you throw up your hands, Hey, you jump up and down. What do the people in the stadium do? They're just going crazy. Oh, they're rejoicing. They're so full of joy and rejoicing. Well, what's the other team doing? They're silent. They're sitting down. They're not saying a thing. Amen. They've been defeated. Listen, folks, we're not defeated. We are full of joy. Why? Because we have received of him and our joy is full. We need to remind ourselves constantly daily that we're not on the losing team. We're on the winning team. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. So there's joy on the inside of us. Well, that joy just needs to be stirred up. There's love on the inside of us. Well, that love just needs to be stirred up. Praise God. There's peace that passes all understanding that keeps our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, peace, we need to stir it up. Amen. Hallelujah. This is how the power of God works. Now, let me say this uh, before I close. There's enough power to shake the kingdom of darkness in the new birth. How about when we add the power of the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the power that comes upon us that Jesus said we are to receive? We become an unstoppable force for God. Satan has to give way. When you add that kind of power to the power we already have, we become a giant. Amen. And the devil becomes a little grasshopper. Let's remember this. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word today. We give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus name. Amen.